Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is controlling your words. So often in life, my artistic, creative personality has gotten in my way. I've been wounded and hurt by the words of others, and yet I'm not always fully cognizant of the words that I am using on others. You know, words are a funny thing. They swirl and spin out in the air, and they can lift others up or tear others down. It's the power of the tongue. Scripture says in Proverbs 15, 4, gentle words are a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. How many times in life have you said something to somebody and crushed their spirit? How many times in life have you used your words to purposefully crush someone else? I love this quote by Dorothy Neville. The real art of conversation is not only to say the right thing at the right time, but to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. But how do we accomplish this lifestyle? The practice of using our words to help, to encourage, to lift up. I remember when I was first able to listen to somebody else's words where I totally, totally focused on them and they were crushing my spirit. Well, I can still think back like it was yesterday. My family was by no means well-to-do. My parents had grown up in the days of the Great Depression and that mindset had stayed with them while we were growing up as kids. My mother said that there were many days at her house where they didn't know what they would eat. My father said that his daddy did a lot of hunting to provide food and they had a garden. But once his dad died when he was 15, life was really stressful. What this meant for me as a young teenager growing up in southwest Iowa was that we didn't have a lot of new clothes. You see, my parents didn't value clothes. They were just thankful that, you know, they had a few simple things to wear. And I wore my sister's hand-me-downs. She was seven years older than me. I had a couple of pairs of jeans and a few sweaters and shirts. You wore them, you lived life, and you didn't think much about it. Until that fateful day in ninth grade. I walked into the class and another girl said, didn't you wear those jeans yesterday? That seems to be the only pair you have. I felt so small as she announced it to the entire class. It had never even crossed my mind that I didn't have huge amounts of clothes or that I was wearing the same pair of jeans two days in a row, and it just crushed my spirit. I finished the English class. I ran the two miles home to my house. Yes, I ran them. And I announced to my daddy I was never going back to school ever again. After a quick lunch of sandwiches and milk, Dad said, Come on, Kathleen, I'll drop you off at school on my way back to work. The real truth is that you are who you are inside. The amounts of clothing you have or what you wear isn't important. It's who you are that's important. Although this pep talk helped me, I began to understand the words and the power of the tongue. And at times in life, I'm ashamed to admit, I use my words, creating them, twisting them to put people in their place. Do you ever do that? I do that sometimes with mean people or impatient people or people who are just simply bugging me. But scripture doesn't put its lovely stamp of approval on any of those words. Instead, Proverbs tells us those who guard their mouths and their tongues 
keep themselves from calamity. How are you doing on controlling your mouth? Are you aware of your motives when you're spewing out something angry? Are you aware of your intentions when you abruptly snap at your teenager or your spouse or your elderly mother? Well, we're going to chat about this topic today. We're going to dive more into the whole thought process of using our words. Well, joining me on today's show to talk about her book, Keep It Shut, is New York Times bestselling author and speaker with Proverbs 31 Ministries, Karen Eman. Karen writes with humor, candor, and uses her own personal life's journey to help us understand the concepts of her teachings in an easy-to-grasp manner. And just so that you know, listeners, right now, my own Bible study is going through this book, and we are loving it. So that's why Karen's here with us. Karen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kathy. So, Karen, I am so excited to have you here. Um, I love that we're working our way through this book uh, called Keep It Shut. And although we're learning a lot, we are struggling as we find out that many of our bad habits run deep in regards to running our mouths. What made you decide to tackle this hard topic and write a book about it? Well, I really just took a look at my life and my relationships, and I noticed a pattern that the different relationships I had that seemed to be a little strained or a little difficult, I could almost always tether back to something I either said to the person or I maybe said about the person and it got back to them. And I just began to go to God and ask for the answer. I didn't want to live like that anymore. I didn't want to have these fractured friendships or or just this little feel of awkwardness around maybe some different family members. And I know that all of Life's answers are found in the Bible. So I just started to look up verses that had to do with the tongue, talk, speech, silence, and I found so much there that helped me as I applied those verses. I didn't always do it perfectly, but I, I, start to see, I started to see my relationships improve. And so people noticed it about me in my life. I don't know if it's a compliment or not when someone says, hey, I noticed you don't <laughs> gossip like you There you <laughs> go. But they said, you should share this information with others. And so... That led to writing the book. Excellent. And I'm so glad that you did. And you know what? That really took a lot of courage because, listeners, as we work our way through this book, the greatest part of it is that it's very real and authentic. So Karen is writing from her own experience and using what she knows from God's truth. And that just makes it very real. And she has nothing to hide, let me tell you for sure. Karen, I'm married to Farmer Dean, and I'm lucky if he speaks a few sentences a day. Do you feel like controlling your mouth is mostly an issue with women, or do you feel like it's with everybody? Well, I don't like to be, you know, stereotypical and categorize people, but usually I find it's women who struggle with it more, although I I have met and heard from um, some men, too, who've read the book and who've told me that, oh, you know, my wife's kind of the quiet one. I'm the one that acts away. But I, I feel like we all struggle with our mouths in some way. It might not be that we talk too much or that we um, gossip. It might be that we don't speak up when we should. You know, that, there's that side of it, too. So I think all of us can learn from what the Bible says about, you know, what we're supposed to say, how best to say it, and when we should say nothing at all and when we should speak up when we'd rather remain silent. Exactly. And you know what I love about that, Karen, is that you really prompted us as, as readers and studying this book together that we had to actually start thinking. You know, we had to face up to who we were and what we were saying, whether or not we were gossiping, 
And it's been really challenging. And I want you to know it's been a good challenge, but it's also a struggle. Did you feel that way when you were writing it? I mean, because you kind of have to look at yourself really truthfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a, my mom used to say, six of one, half dozen of the other kind of yes. issue. You know, you feel these these kind of feelings of, oh, I blew it again. But then when you see progress, you mm-hmm. feel encouraged and and, you know, almost delighted that you actually, you know, and we know God's Word is true and it works, but when we apply even a little simple verse about the tongue and it works and it helps it, mm-hmm. um, that, that topic in our life, that issue in our life, it makes us excited. But then, you know, we have so many opportunities to use our words that it's not like we just apply this once and it's over and done with and we, we never struggle with it again. It's kind of a back and forth, six to one, half dozen to the other. You make a couple steps of progress, and then, ooh, here comes another opportunity for me to use my mouth, and I didn't do it in the right way, and so you kind of feel a little bit of a setback. It's just a continual growth process that um, hopefully is we're, we're seeing the times of using our words wisely increase and the ones of blowing it with our mouths decrease. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we see that pattern, but it's not something that we're just going to solve one day just because we decide we're never going to use our mouths wrongly. It's, exactly. it's a daily process because we have so many opportunities mm-hmm. to use our words. And I think since I've been reading this book, um, truthfully, it's not even a daily process for me, Karen. It's been more like an hourly process. I'm starting to be mm-hmm. more aware, and I think you're exactly right as you're reading Scripture and you're looking at those verses and what God is telling you. And obviously, there's a lot of it in Proverbs with the wisdom there, but there are a lot of different Scriptures that you bring to light. And as we're you know, just kind of studying and, and implementing those into our everyday walk, for me personally, it was more like an hour by hour is what mm. I'm saying, um, you know, affecting somebody in a negative way. Could I have said that more gentle? Today, our study was um, talking, as you kind of talked about sandwiching something um, by encouraging somebody with a truth that was kind and gentle, then, you know, letting them know what the real issue is. And then again, you know, sandwiching it with a, something else that was gentle. And I think that was a really Great way to look at it. Your book deals with attitudes and controlling our tongue, like avoiding squabbles and spats with family and friends, talking to God first before you chat with others, and the fine art of listening to others instead of talking. That's a a really hard one for the chatty Cathy's like me who are out there listening. Is there any hope for us to become better listeners? And can you give us an example of what happens when we listen to others and the benefits of developing those listening skills. It is hard for those of us who are chatty Cathy's. You know, I've actually had to give myself a few little rules of thumb, you know, when I'm maybe, say, in a group. Say you're in a small group, a life group, a Bible study, or just, you know, chatting with a group of friends. I have something to say about everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've had to tell myself, you know, let's take, for example, a small group or a life group that you're in, you know, I don't have to answer every time a question is thrown out in the Bible study or in the life group. I've learned my first little rule of thumb is I count to 10 because Mm -hmm. I just have something in my mind I want to say right then. And so I just open my mouth and I jump in and say, hey, I'll answer that one. And so I've learned if I can just hold back for a minute, maybe there's someone else that has something to say. It's just they don't jump in as quickly. So I've learned to kind of count to 10 in my mind, and it almost never fails that someone else steps up and they have something to share. They don't have to hear from me all the time. And then I also kind of tell myself, 
I'm only going to answer about every third time I think I want to answer <laughs> because, again, I always have something to say. And I'm just a very, it's, I think it's maybe that I'm a very verbal processor. So other people will sit and kind of process it internally and think about it a little bit before they decide to just give their answer out loud. But I just process out loud as I'm giving my answer. So I've learned about every third time that I have something to say, I'll jump in and answer the question. And when the group time's over, I feel like it was just about the right amount. I wasn't talking too much. I was allowing other people that are a little um, more reserved and quieter to speak up more. But when I just don't have that filter, I don't have those two rules of thumb, I'm just, I can monopolize the whole conversation. And I do think, too, with the whole issue of listening that you mentioned, we can become better listeners when we are doing a couple of things. First of all, really listening, not planning what we're going to say as our comeback, especially when a situation um, that you're, you're involved with talking with another person. Maybe it's a little heated or there's a little tension or you're trying to prove a point. It's so easy to not be listening to them and be planning what you're going to say. Or maybe, honestly, if the conversation's kind of boring, I'm not planning what I'm going to say. I'm making out my grocery list That's or my, right. or my yes. errand list. And my, sure. But to really be trying to listen as you're also praying, you know, mm-hmm. praying, God, help me focus. God, help me really hear their heart. Help me to listen between the lines at what they're saying without saying it. Right. To really be prayerfully intentional at listening to them can can save a lot of heartache, a lot of misunderstandings, and it's just more respectful to really be listening rather than planning what you're going to say or making out your errand list. So as my Bible study women are studying your book, Keep It Shut, last week they made this interesting observation, Karen. What if someone says something really stupid to us? Karen says that we have to think, pray, go before God before we respond. But are we supposed to do that constantly? And if so, how can we carry on everyday conversations? Tell us your (laughs) thoughts on that, Karen. Well, you know, I think part of it is being prayerful and careful as you're interacting with them and pausing before you before you speak because it's easy to not have a filter, but just whatever you think in your mind, just let fly out of your lips, and sometimes that does not lead to good places. But I do think, too, it begins with just as you start the day, asking God, you know, please be with me in my conversations. Please tap me on the heart if I am supposed to stop saying something I'm, I'm about ready to say. Please, you know, nudge me when I need to say something that I shouldn't. It's, it's a lot about our relationship with God okay. and inviting Him into our conversations at the beginning mm-hmm. of the day. It's not that you have to stop every time and say, hang on a second, I have to pray before I answer you. <laughs> That's not what I mean. It's just having that attitude of, Lord, you know, help me to really think, to really ponder, to weigh my words before they come out and not just blurt them out in especially a moment of anger. I think that is so, so true, and it's exactly the answer that I really tried to get them to think about, which is that if we have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal, everyday relationship, and we're studying our Word, we're praying, we're seeking God, we're walking close to Him, it's going to be easier to do this because, you know, we're human beings, and it's just natural for us to be snappy or not really think before we answer, so I think that's such a great thing. Um, Karen, one of your chapters deals with the concept of gossiping, and we talked about that amongst our team, and boy, is it ever hard, you know, differentiating between what's gossip and what's, you know, passing along information that, you know, somebody needs to pray about. Uh, Tell us a couple of pitfalls from engaging in gossip. 
Well, the biggest one I found when, you know, besides just the fallout from gossip, you know, those fractured relationships, was when I was studying the different verses in Scripture about the tongue and when I started looking up the word gossip and what that actually meant in the original language of the Bible, I I just really noticed that, you know, we think of um, gossiping as, you know, kind of a verb. We're doing this thing. We're gossiping about somebody. But really, in the Bible, almost always it's a noun. A person is actually labeled as a gossip. It becomes so much a part of us that it's what we are known for, maybe even what we are known for first. When we have this habit, people will just kind of tack that word right onto our name. When they think of our name, they think of that action. And so that was really eye-opening for me, that it wasn't just something that I might occasionally engage in, but it actually became part of what I was known for. And so that was very eye-opening to me. Hmm. And finally, Karen, you gave us in the book an example of a family member who would hurt you with careless words. And I think every single one of us has one of those you know, family members in your group. I just think that's it's life in general. So give us a couple of steps on how to move forward when you've had a family member say something awful, but you know you still have to see them. Mm-hmm. I think what has helped me greatly is, and this isn't always the case, but it's a, a, a good place to park your mind and to, to visit as you're processing the hurt from something someone has said, is I've had to tell myself this little phrase, I need to believe the best and not assume the worst. And by that I mean, sometimes in some of the hurtful things that have been said to me, there actually was an element of good in it. Maybe, you know, someone just really, like when I was raising my kids, maybe a relative who was older than me was really concerned about the health and safety of one of my children, but she said something to me about my parenting that was kind of snippy and kind of critical. I need to peel back the the criticalness and the maybe combative tone she said it in and realize that it really did come from a place of concern about my kids and just believe the best about them and not assume the worst that, oh, they just felt like harassing me that day or they felt like insulting me that day. And then, too, I think it really helps for me to think of all the ways that God has forgiven me. You know, I think of Ephesians 4.32, that we're supposed to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, not just because it's, you know, a good self-help thing to do, but the rest of the verse says, even as God, in Christ, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So God's forgiven me for a lot of things that I've said and done, and I need to extend that same grace and forgiveness to other people who have said and done things to me um, that have hurt me. I need to forgive just as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me. Really great, encouraging words. Friends, Karen's book is called Keep It Shut by Karen Eman, and I can tell you firsthand it's an incredibly poignant book with great tips and advice on that whole topic of controlling your mouth as Karen teaches from Scripture and her own personal journey. And Karen also has a new book out that's coming out. Karen, is it available yet? Yes, it just released. It's um, just in February. Okay, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I had so many people read Keep It Shut and said, well, the book was practical and gave us a lot of, of ideas, but we want some even more you know, practical daily ways to flesh this out in our lives. So I wrote a follow-up product to it. It's actually a 40-day devotional challenge, and it's called Zip It. So it gives a chunk of scripture for each day, maybe a little anchor story of that, and a little Bible teaching that helps unpack that verse, and then some challenges of the day, simple things like, 
Today, unless you're asked, do not give your opinion. Unless oh. you're specifically asked. A That's little challenge is to help us to really apply all of these great verses in the Bible that deal with our mouths. I love it. Karen, I'm so excited to be purchasing that. So for more information, listeners, about Karen Eman and her books, log on to KarenEman.com, and that's spelled E-H-M-A-N, and it's K-A-R-E-N. And so I want you to check it out because, wow, I am learning so much from the Keep It Shut book. I'm excited about the Zip It. Karen, thanks so much for spending time with us today. We're excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Listeners, when my Bible study friends asked me how I thought they could possibly do a better job controlling their tongues, I told them it starts with your heart. It starts with the Apostle Paul's plea to us to renew our mind to go to God to start out the day and get our focus and our mindset right before we walk out the door and hit the ground running. Romans 12.2 states, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His will is that we transform our hearts and minds to be Christ-like, to be godly, not to smash and hurt, not to boast and connive, not to manipulate to get our own way, but to be like God, loving, merciful, patient, and long-suffering. Are you controlling your words today? Are you thinking about why you're saying what you're saying, or are you just speaking before you think? I believe we're all guilty of this, just speaking and then thinking. If our hearts are right with God, if we're working to be like Christ, then we will go before God, confess, get our minds renewed by reading his word, and then head out to our daily life. I believe it will make a huge difference. Why? Because scripture says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we store up the good things of God in our hearts, you know what? We'll be working at being our best versions of ourselves. So friends, here's one of my favorite songs we're going to listen to. It's called Lord, I Need You. It's Matt Mayer. And you know this song is so encouraging because it really is something that you can do. You can control your tongue, but you're going to need the power of God. You're going to need to say, God, help me with this. And and especially if you're like me where you're chatty and you're talking to people, you're motivated. I like to think my motivation is to encourage people always But there are times when I have other things flying through my brain and maybe I don't make a person's words important to me because I'm busy or perhaps I don't like what they're saying and I don't agree, so I want to snap back. Or maybe I'm feeling jealous. Maybe they've got something that I don't have and I want. That will help me to realize that I need help if I think about giving things over to God, especially Like this song says, Lord, I need you. Let's give it a listen. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one. That guides my heart Lord, I need you Oh, I
runs deep Your grace is more Your grace is found Is where you are Where you are Lord, I am free Holiness is Christ in me was about the words you say, but sometimes it's about the words said to you. We can respond with harsh, mean words to protect ourselves, or sometimes our motives can be about retaliation. Maybe it's about making someone feel less because we feel less. Or maybe we think it's about saying something to make that big-headed person come back to reality. Maybe we're just callous about our words and shortcomings and we spew things. Maybe we say things because we feel important and smart, but whatever our reasonings, we can say things that are stupid and others can say things that are stupid to us. In the book that I wrote called Putting the Pieces Together, A Worship Director's Guide, it's one of the four books I have. I have three women's Bible studies and this I speak of a few instances where people's words stung. I had a hard time not snapping back at them. Here's what I said. I knew I couldn't respond in anger and I would have to shrug off the mean words. Shrugging off the words is a good visual to me. I think about having a really heavy jacket around myself while I'm playing outside in my backyard. It's a lovely fall day and the breeze is chilly and blowing through my hair. I'm running back and forth with my little dog Ben and... You know, it just is a really hot, sticky day here. But all of a sudden, my jacket doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the day. It doesn't fit the fun. It doesn't fit the weather. And I shrug it off, drop it on the ground, and keep running, playing, moving, enjoying life. Well, that's the visual I see when I think of getting up out of the surroundings of words that try to hurt us. They no longer fit. They've served their purpose, good or bad. And we get to shrug them off and leave them behind and go on. The critics come and go. 
They are in the shape of large and small, short and tall, kind and mean, your closest friend or your most hostile adversary. They can be young or old. Will They can be wealthy or dirt poor, and they will surprise you. And when you least expect it, when you feel comforted and excited about who you are and where you're going, the critics slither to the sidelines. Maybe you'll never be the best, but in God's eyes, you are his best. When the world swirl around you and you feel like they're forever going to harm you, shrug them off. Use your words to encourage people. As scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build them up. I want to encourage you today that words can be used to harm or to help. Use them to help and to heal. Friends, I also want to encourage you that coming up on April 22nd in Hutchinson, Minnesota is one of our Best Life Conferences. On April 29th, Saturday, we'll be at Hopkins Cross of Glory Church. And right here in the Grove on May 13th, you can come out to see my little church that I bought for a dollar on Craigslist. It's going to be fun and fabulous. And our conference is called Renewed, Refreshed, and Restored Women's Event. One day, 830 to 230, you don't want to miss it. This year, we're talking all about stress and how you need to rest and get renewed through God's strength. Let's pray. Jesus, help us to be smart about how we use our words, guard our mouths and our minds, help us to say the right things at the right time, and not retaliate or create havoc. Give us your heart and mindset. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes and please give us a favorable review so that other people can listen to the show and enjoy it as well. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Be-